Hey, TC, what time is it? Uh, it's time for a makeover. Hi, I'm Siege. And I'm TC. And welcome to Movie Makeover, the podcast where we talk about the movie, where we take the movies you love, thank you love, guilty pleasures, or you downright hate, and give them a much-needed update. This week's movie is 2011's Fast Five, written by Chris Morgan and Gary Scott Thompson, directed by Justin Lin, who does the majority of these Fast and Furious movies, um, and starring Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, Jordana Brewster, Ludacris, Gal Gadot, Tyrese Gibson, Sung Kang, I think Sung, Sung Kang? Yeah, I think that's right. All right, cool. And Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right off the bat, I'm going to say that this is too many male characters. Oh, way too many. It's like, too many characters. <laughs> but yes, it is too many male characters. I agree with that. This, yeah, it's just like, it's so ridiculous. And we will get into this. But this is also the first sequel we're kind of doing. This is the first. <laughs> well, you said you wanted to do a Fast and Furious movie. And I pleaded to do Fast Five because it is my favorite of the Fast movies. Um, and I know it's a sequel. We are kind of jumping ahead here in the series. But to me, this is where the series really, like, flourishes and blooms. And, like, this basically, like, sets the trait, like, you know, the course in motion for what the next phase of these movies are. (laughs) Fast and the Furious 22. Lost in space. (laughs) I can't wait. Please go to space. Please go to space. You've seen that. Like, there's a meme that was like, we are literally like one or two movies away from them going to space, and I will buy a ticket to each movie that gets us there. Honestly, fine with it. (laughs) Fine with it. If they want to merge this with like some kind of Star Trek universe, like I'm fine with it. Like the fact (laughs) is, is that this these movies are just entertainment popcorn flicks at its finest i know they're not the best movies but god are they so entertaining so it's so funny like right off the mat we were talking about going to space for a like really quick makeover moment i want us to go to space and there to be a pitch black crossover where oh yes character (laughs) runs into or something some kind of illusion to vin diesel being in space okay so yeah this is uh it's just it's just you and me today yeah you know what i'm i'm fine with it um because this movie i think is going to lead to a lot of interesting conversations um and you know considering that i think of us as the vin diesel and rock of podcast oh um, really I, i feel like this is an appropriate thing for us to Go. Who do I get to model, be? Model, I mean, I'm completely okay with either, but who do I get to be? Oh, really? Okay, then I call Rock because I'm not okay with either. I have very strong thoughts on Vin Diesel and his performance in this movie, but we'll get there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I didn't. I said I'm fine with being either, mostly because of their physical <laughs> physical uh, physique. Um, Vin Diesel also, if I'm not mistaken, is like rumored to be bisexual, so that also fits in line with my. Sure. Uh, you know, my <laughs> character, but, uh, yeah, let's go into some first impressions. Um, well, um, I don't, this, 
was the first Fast and Furious movie I ever saw. Um, and it had I to do with the fact... <laughs> I know. It had to do with the fact that I was, like many people and like Universal hoped, that Dwayne Johnson would pull into this franchise that wasn't traditionally a fan of the Fast and Furious movies. I saw the first one. I, I, I will say that. I did see the first one when it first came out years ago, but I hardly remembered it. And I didn't have a great impression of it. I didn't see any of the sequels without any interest in seeing them. And then I saw this mo- this trailer and I was like, yo, this movie kind of looks badass. And I will say that the thing I took away from this movie versus the other films is that I love, and we're going to get into this more, the heist aspect of this film. And so for me, that's what really won me over. And it's one of the reasons why I requested that we do this, because I love talking about the logistics of heist. And um, I think that's just a fun new genre for us to cover in our our podcast. Absolutely. I think that like um, this movie is the very first time they do kind of like a heist theme. And I will say that taking the Fast and the Furious franchise and putting it in different genres only makes sense. I do find it weird that it took The Rock for you to be like, oh, wait, maybe Fast and the Furious is worth watching. When I feel like any movie that stars The Rock automatically has Fast and the Furious fans attached. Like, I feel like there's if there was a Venn diagram of fans of The Rock movies and fans of the Fast and the Furious, there would have been huge overlap even before this movie. <laughs> I, I, there's something so charming about that son of a bitch. And I, I will tell you this, that um, I wasn't... I've been a rock fan since, like, when I went through my wrestling phase in elementary school. Like, I really go back with him. And so yeah, it really... All of it. I just thought he was hilarious. I thought he was great. And the what I love about him is that he is such the perfect, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger level of campy for, like, these type of action movies. He is on screen. He's taking himself very seriously and see like in situations that are completely ridiculous but that's what makes it work is like how like into it he is so yeah i I would say that the 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 formula with the rock is he is arnold schwarzenegger in the 90s mixed with will smith in the 90s yes and (laughs) that that marriage of charisma and action star and also minority. <laughs> it's great. Just is like the perfect blend for and, today's and not to mention ethnically ambiguous. That's a big yeah, exactly. one. That's a very ethnically big one. Ambiguous where you can play, you can put his face just about anywhere. And he's just the right shade of dark where people are like, yeah, I like it. Um, <laughs> so let's let's get into what other people thought of this movie um this uh fast five has an imdb score of 7.3 out of 10 pretty pretty good um rotten tomatoes 77 percent and roger ebert gave it three out of four stars calling wow. it a, roger ebert like yep he called it a skillfully assembled 130 minutes at the movies with actors capable of doing absurd things with straight faces and action sequences that toy idly with the laws of physics so he and i both got the same thing out of it see i love how you and i are just always polar on something because i have a lot of problems specifically with the 130 minute timeline oh yeah this movie is way too long way too long (laughs) i will agree with that considering that most of this movie is just like planning a heist that they end up like improvising towards the end anyway but (laughs) whatever um this budget of 125 million dollars and it had a gross of 626 million so it was a jag or not at the box office they keep making these films so it's clearly bringing in money 
Well, one of the things is that Universal Chairman Adam Fogelson um, said that the they was an intentional, you know, they had a an intention to really shift the the direction of the franchise. And the chairman of Universal said that the racing aspect had put a ceiling on the number of people willing to see films in the series, and that by turning it into a series where car driving ability is just one aspect of the film, he hoped to increase the series audience, um, which I think was an accurate call considering every movie from this one out has just made more and more and more money. I think the last one made like over a billion dollars. So it's just it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to uh, say in my my first impressions, this is the first time I saw this particular one. I've seen the majority of the Fast and Furious franchise, um, mostly um, against my will. <laughs> like, like I was, I was either dating someone or my brother. Or, like, so you're somebody. not a fan. No, it's not that I'm not a fan. I think each and every time I watch them, I enjoy myself, but I'm not a diehard fan. I don't see a Fast and the Furious movie and go, I am buying my ticket in advance. That's never been me. Almost always, I'll have a friend be like, we have to watch it. I'll go watch it. Be like, put all my beliefs and physics to the side <laughs> and just enjoy it for what it's supposed to be. A hundred percent. Which is why. I think this is a great time to introduce our next segment, like one we're testing out, which is like genre assessment or or trope assessment. And that's basically when you are judging a movie like Fast Five, you can't just measure it on the scale of is this a good movie or not, because it's never meant to be a good movie. We really got to break it down. Like, is it good? Is it not? Is such a broad stroke for a movie this intricately complicated in its good and badness. Exactly. So um, with this, I was like, you know, let's judge this movie against its own genre of storytelling. Um, And that includes, you know, the analyzing of the characters, the setting, the plot, conflict, and of course, its resolution. Um, And for a movie like Fast and the Furious... At this point in time, there are so many of them that it kind of has its own genre. Um, the Fast and Furious action film is a subgenre in and of itself. Yeah. And uh, I definitely wanted to like say, okay, like let's see how this movie compares just in general against all the other tokens that it takes to make a Fast and Furious movie, and also how we can make this a better film. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, and then, um, so, of course, you would ask, what makes a a good Fast and Furious action film? Hey, Siege, I I have a question. What makes a good Fast and Furious action film? (laughs) Well, thank you for asking. (laughs) So... I looked through all of the tropes of this this franchise and kind of compared it to what we were talking about earlier about like any other genre, which has character setting, plot, conflict, and resolution. And in Fast and the Furious, you will have hot yet defiant characters. You will have the settings that are exotic with like a grunge aesthetic added to them. Um, you will have a car-centric plot So it's really funny because, like, we'll get into it a little bit later, but, like, car-centric plot is signature to this franchise. However, I feel like this movie constantly is just like, "Eh, uh, yeah, this whole plan is around a, a car that we really don't care about five seconds later. 
we're just gonna throw it to the side. Yep. <laughs> like I know, like they were like just trying to check it off the box, but whatever. Um, and, and, um, and by the way, they just go further and further off the trail of car centric plot. I think at some point they end up working for the CIA. It gets really wild. <laughs> yeah, it gets it's insane. But again, we will talk about all of this later. Um, and then you get conflict. The conflict in a Fast and Furious franchise is mostly with, like, authority. Like, it's the government or some kind of sub-government or just an authority figure. And then, of course, there's the conflict within the circle. Within there's the, a betrayal. Within there's the family. A, within the family. Within the family. Within the family. <laughs> so funny. I wrote asterisks by this, and I was like, I feel like another trope or cliche or thing is, like, the number of times they say the word family. It's a drinking game. If you don't say family at least 20 times in a Fast and Furious movie, is it really a Fast and the Furious movie? (laughs) How else would you know who to care about if they didn't (laughs) tell you 20 times? (laughs) Yes, and then finally, um, a resolution to the original problem. Um, And again, I'm really excited to talk about it based on that alone. I would love to know what the original problem was. Yeah. So um, that leads us to the summary of this movie. Okay, I'm going to do the best that I can because, again, this movie is all over the place. Brian, played by Paul Walker, Dom, played by Vin Diesel, and Maya, played by Jordana Brewster, are wanted criminals who have escaped to Rio de Janeiro. Uh, Complications have encouraged them to quit their dangerous lifestyles for good, and they agree to pull one last job, which I love the trope of one last job. It's never one last job. It's never yeah, one last job. We know we get 92 more video like versions of this yeah. franchise. I love the one last job. But anyway, they're doing one last job worth $100 million, and then they're going to disappear forever because that's how it works. You get a large sum of money, and then you just disappear off the face of the earth, even though this is in modern times. It's I, I, it's not even disappear off the face of the earth. Some of them go back to L.A. and, like, open businesses <laughs> and, like, register with the state and all these things. Like, <laughs> I, thought yeah. you were, I thought you were criminals. What's going yeah. on? <laughs> yeah, um, they bring many of their old crew members uh, from the previous movies, including Ludacris, Tyrese, uh, the Sun King guy. I'm so sorry if I'm butchering that. And Gal Gadot. Um, yes and you said this is her first uh i i believe this is her first or maybe she was in the last one i don't i I honestly like yeah i can't remember because at this point in time they all blend together i think she might have been in the last one which is why she was brought into this one um but either way she is a shining star amongst this otherwise very bland male-centric crew yeah and we'll get into that and um all of these people they struggle to outfit their corrupt yet incredibly powerful mark um while avoiding the dogged pursuit of dss agent luke hobbs uh introduction of dwayne the rock johnson's character who we know is getting his own spinoff uh with hobbs and shaw as always, hijinks ensue. Hobbs and Shaw should be out by the time this episode is out. So, um, um, yeah. <laughs> well, one thing I, I mean, if we're if we're bringing just real quickly that the writer of this movie, Chris Morgan, he wrote um, Fast and Furious three, four, five, basically three through eight, but he's yeah. not writing nine. He's writing Hobbs and Shaw instead. So when the divorce happened between the Fast and the Furious franchise, he chose The Rock, which I think was a safe bet. <laughs> <laughs> smart, smart thing to do. 
All right, so yeah, let's talk about these characters because that, I have a lot of thoughts. Good, as we always do. Okay, so good. Characters. Right. What? What? Let's start with the good. Like I said, what makes a Fast and Furious movie is hot and defiant characters, and I think right off the bat, we definitely have the hot. Like everyone in this movie is gorgeous for no real reason. Like Hollywood hot and defiant again for no good reason like everyone has a problem with this i i would argue that some of the characters are hot and many (laughs) are defiant i think that there are some characters such as the uh what did i call them casey affleck scott con characters uh the the dreadlocked lackeys yeah yeah don't seem very defiant they don't seem very involved in this whatsoever um yeah but i would say it has more we have more hot and defiant characters than not like of course you have like these two (laughs) you are including vin diesel on the hot list yes all right so here's the thing you whether you're not you think his face is deserving (laughs) of being people's it's a thumb (laughs) he has a thumb for a face (laughs) (laughs) he is hot he he has the body he has the bald man in charge look he wears tank tops the entire time that is that is signature hot well okay first of all i'm taking away your mr clean bottles now that i know what you're doing (laughs) with them um uh, i guess here's the thing i know that vin and rock are both like physically very fit but my question is like are, do they give or do either of them give off a sexual energy like is there something sexy about them okay so i may be giving like a little bit about myself but i also think a little bit about the gay culture and there <laughs> is something about this rugged old-fashioned masculinity trope that makes them like like it's it's just it's the outlaw effect you know it's okay. like the, all right they're hot because of both their physique and their don't give a fuck attitude. So they're basically speak. cowboys and cars. Absolutely. That that's a. I mean, that's what this movie would be called. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's essentially it. Um, uh, hot and defiant cars. I have to talk about uh, Giselle uh, Gal Gadot. I just think that, like I said before, like we don't get a lot of women. Jordana Brewster is almost irrelevant to this storyline, other than Absolutely. being pregnant. She plays no part in the actual heist itself. But Gal Gadot comes through. She actually comes through more than the guys when it comes to speeding really fast in the car. I just think she was great throughly the entire time i love yeah and i liked that this wasn't another like it was good this wasn't a sausage fest it wasn't i mean like it's it's a sausage fest for the most part but they did include we have three (laughs) named female characters which doesn't seem like a lot but in this franchise and in this type of movie it's way more than we usually get can i Uh, ask you do we get more asses than women's names though Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Still, still a Fast and Furious movie at its core. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and then also, I will say, uh, uh, like, in terms of just the characters, this movie is also very diverse. It like, really I is, like yeah. Diversity. And it's very natural diversity, too. Like, I believe all of these characters know each other. You know, sometimes movies will have diversity, and you're like, okay, why is this person here? Like, 
it makes no sense. Not only do we have a history with all of these characters, but it makes sense. And like, they all seem to have a dynamic that works. You know what I mean? It's like, they feel like they would be friends. Yeah. The Rock and Mia, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Vin Diesel and uh, Jordana Brewster are supposed to be brother and sister. Yeah. Are they Spanish? Are they Italian? What are we supposed to I have no idea. I, I think, I'm pretty sure they told us early on, but. As you said, ethnically ambiguous is what they are. <laughs> like they really play it up amongst the whole cast. Yeah, just yeah. as much as they can. They like I will say Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel and Mia Maya or whatever her name is supposed to be. Their whole thing is they are not black. They are not completely white. And that's all you need to End know. of story. <laughs> yeah, because, like, the whole, like, it's almost like my familia. Like, I'm not sure, is this, like, an Italian mobster thing? Is this, like, a Spanish play on family? Like, I'm just trying to figure out what they are, but I guess that's the point. We're not supposed to know. Yeah, we're not supposed to know. Um, and, again, I will say that even, like I said, with the diversity, it feels natural. So even though, like, we don't really know what... Vin Diesel's background is, we definitely get like a sense of culture there. You know what I mean? Like it, it just it just feels like it's I I believe his character is this into family. I, I I will give you that. Vin Diesel, his motives always seem very genuine to what Dom's character is. So absolutely. And then also I will say like on the whole diversity thing, um, I like that this movie this movie does something that not a lot do um and we're getting more and more of lately which is like it includes subtitles people speak in spanish people speak in other languages on purpose and like like they would in real life if these people were hispanic they're not going to speak in english the entire time and i love that we get subtitles and they're like look you either learn or you read but like these characters are going to speak in what makes sense for them I I 100% agree with that. Although I will have to say there's a shocking amount of English in the movie set in Brazil. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like they're going to like burn the guy's money or whatever. And they're like, do you know who you're messing with? And I'm like, are you from California? Like, where does this accent? <laughs> um, and then, of course, we get our funny black characters, uh, Ludacris and Tyrese, who it is like as much as that is a trope in and of itself. I do think that they bring a lot to the table, and I like their dynamic. Do you not like Tyrese? And- uh, I'm. I they're on a different list for me. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't make the good list for me. They're on my good list in terms of sense of humor. I've I like like again to me, and maybe it's because I grew up with this. They have a dynamic that feels very very true. To I me. will say that like Tyrese more so than Ludacris, I think does have more of a uh, a, a chemistry on on camera, but I just. I, there are things about their characters I don't like to the point where they did not make my good list. So I'll just leave that I'm, at that. Well, I, I, again, I'm just talking about like what I liked about them. And then with what I liked about them is like Tyrese... Tyrese more so than Ludacris, but even Ludacris has moments where, like, he's the voice of reason. Like, he is just, like, he's saying things like personal and good business. He's like, if this is a personal thing, I don't want to be involved. Of course, he's swayed by money. Which again, that character would be. That character is definitely the type of person who talks a really big game. Yep. And at the moment, you're like, $11 million. He's like, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
what are morals again? I don't even know. (laughs) But then also, like, when they're, like, talking about going into the police station to rob it, he's just like, I just want, like, Ludacris, I believe, is the one who's like, I want to remind you of, like, listen to the words I'm saying. Police station. Yeah. (laughs) We're doing right now. I mean, they they definitely play a very intricate role to the plot as well, which I love that we're having these side characters actually participate in the story instead of just being commentary on the story. So that's that's something I think is a plus for them and, and really the whole uh, most of the, the the side characters of this family that we've we've met. Familia. Familia. <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything good? Any else good on the good characters, or should, should we move on to setting? Um. I think that's it for me. Yeah, let's move on to the setting. <laughs> yeah, for the setting, as I said, uh, it should be exotic locations with grunge aesthetics. And I was like, check mark. I mean, we're in Rio for no real reason. <laughs> I, I will actually say that I think that this movie checks this box harder than any other Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> because I think they like go to Europe or Russia or some shit that's like not very exciting to be around at some point. And this just seems like the prime, like this location is made for this movie. Like I want to play this as like a, a Grand Theft Auto like video game. Like I want to be in this. I believe in the latest one, um... I can't remember, but like I do know they start off in Cuba. Oh yeah, and yeah. like they in like Antarctica or something. So yeah. again, it's just like why why are we here? The Globetrotters. <laughs> Eventually, it just turns into James Bond. But at least with this, uh, I, I guess with this movie, um, the setting does play a role. It's like a character in the film, which I really liked. I like that you know there's a scene where you know The Rock is hunting for Vin Diesel and the gang and Vin Diesel and the gang are just like chilling out in public and they're just like oh yeah let's just let them come to us The Rock comes up and says you're under arrest Vin Diesel's like I don't feel like I'm under arrest and (laughs) what Vin Diesel's plan was is that he convinced a bunch of Brazilian civilians to carry weapons and threaten federal officers in the hope that in an I am Spartacus type of situation (laughs) no one gets in trouble it plays off perfectly. Why? Because we're in Brazil. <laughs> yeah, I had that 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 particular scene in my mind. It, it goes with the exact um, thing of like physics, where it's like just disbelief. Like I'm not even going to count that because we're not supposed to believe anything that's going on with this right now. It's it's insane. But one thing I did find interesting when I was doing research on this film, because I actually read through a few pages of research before we started recording this, they actually yeah. filmed this whole thing in Puerto Rico. They didn't even go to Brazil. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> they filmed it. They said they got a huge like tax break to film in Puerto Rico. So like most of the scenes are either filmed in Puerto Rico or Georgia. <laughs> I think that's hilarious because the reason why I think that's hilarious is because as Americans, we don't know any different. Nope. <laughs> well, they love- do a great job of like like doing like a lot of like grand sweeps of, of Rio to like make you think that you're there. But like the actual street scenes that we see are all uh, Puerto Rico. Yeah, but that's my point. My point is that Americans were just like, oh, not America. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this country has an issue with recognizing Puerto Rico. But, you know, that's for another that's for another conversation. That's a completely different body. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, and then also in good, let's see, um, the conflict with authority and within the circle. And we get those two check marks right off the bat as well. Um, of course, we get the conflict with authority with The Rock. I'm not saying that it's good conflict. I'm just saying that we get it. Oh, get I, I disagree. 
I think that the Rock versus Vin Diesel matchup is what makes this movie. I think like as not as someone who comes from like a wrestling background with The Rock. Again, I was only in wrestling into wrestling for like three or four years, but like that was like an ultimate SmackDown, like Vin Diesel versus The Rock in one final showdown. It was just like had this huge like epic like pay per view type of vibe to it. What I like more than anything is that you were like I was only into wrestling for like four or five years. You are thirty, which makes it one sixth of your life. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> Only four or five years. It was that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> only during my formative years. That's I think it. it was only for The Rock. Honestly, I think he was the only reason I was into it. And then when he moved on the movie, so did I. I was just like, all right, whatever. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing with that scene. That, that that scene wasn't in my bad because it it's clearly built up to, and there was like some kind of tension relief by having them do it. But at the exact same time, it's just like for me. This movie, and we'll talk about it a little bit later, this movie has such, like, this franchise has such homoerotic undertones. A hundred percent. All of it. Get it over with already. There's just so many scenes where they're, like, just next to each other, face-to-face, just whispering, not looking at each other, but just face-to-face. Like, why? Are you, what's happening right now? It's so weird. <laughs> But yeah, so like that conflict with The Rock, as I said, he is established very early on. He is like the authority. Also a very cliche of this franchise is friends become enemies, enemies become friends. That is in every single one of these. (laughs) Also, one uh, running theme throughout this is cops who give up on being cops (laughs) and turn (laughs) to a life of crime. It happens just, just like that in this so movie. Easily. And like I will talk about that in, in the bad in terms of plot, but so easily they're just like, yeah, let's that stop doing it. it. Yeah. I think I think that's because to be honest, uh I watched something a while ago that talks about movies never really show cops as being good at their jobs. Cops are either defiant. Like, they're absolutely, they don't follow any of the rules. Yeah, the good cops never follow rules. The good cops, the ones that we're rooting for, never follow rules. And the ones who are good cops and follow procedures, they are considered stick in the muds or they die. Like, that's how movies display being a cop. So it's almost always... You're either Axel Foley, Eddie Murphy, or you're Judge Reinhold. Like, you're one of the two. (laughs) Exactly. And that's why I think it's so easy for us to believe that a cop will immediately turn uh, into the life of crime. But, like, they do it all the time in these movies. And it's honestly, like, I have to say... I, I don't even care. Like, at the time, at the, when it's happening, I'm like, sure. Like, yeah. I'm actually, when he started, like, when Rock was like, I'm with you, I was like, I'm for this. Let's do it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> you have no stake in this. What are you that trying to get out of this? That in my bed, and I can't wait to talk about it, because, be, like, I, I, I'm going to get there. But also, um, we're motivated by family, which I do think is a really, like, I, I like, I like the theme of this franchise when it comes to promoting family and promoting the family you create you know what i mean there's a there's a trope in hollywood called save the cat and basically (laughs) it's like hey you need to make something for the uh, for people to root for with this character. Like, you have to give them something where the uh, audience will empathize with them. And sometimes it's very naturally done and you don't really realize it. 
Other times it's like this movie where they remind you over and over and over again why these characters are in it. And it's because of family, which is a great reason. I'm for it. I actually think it does humanize his Dom's uh, Dom, especially to where a lot of times he's very quiet and he doesn't really reveal a lot through his speech, but it makes you think that he's choosing his words carefully. And I may be giving him more credit than I should. Um, but for the fact that he's always like saying like, this is the heart of everything he does. And he's, he tries to make sure that he's uh, keeps his crew together. Um, I think there's something to that. I think that especially when you think about like what we know of gangs, like gangs are yeah. family. Like that's the whole theme of it. Like yeah. you grow up in the street, like the gang, like they raised me. Those are the people who are my actual family. So like that fits, yeah. I think. Yeah. So like, it's funny that you say that because personally, I think Don is one of those guys who's an idiot. He speaks very rarely because he knows when he talks, he comes off like an idiot. You know what I mean? That could also be 100% true. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think that's what. But no, for me, I think that like this whole being motivated by family and promoting or or the family that you create being just as real and just as as you were like like even kind of like how gangs or fraternities or anything else that family is just as valuable is really important dom's character is great at that specifically because like there's a scene with the betrayal from vince where vince comes back and he he's in his redemption arc and the first thing that Dom says is, you hungry? Which is, like, classic, like... It's like, come on in, baby. Come on, we eating. It's minority shorthand for all is forgiven. Or, yeah, yeah, it is. You know, like, there's that trope of um, if your girlfriend's mad at you, if she asks you if you've eaten, like... You're you, good. She's still good. That's, yeah, you're good. And that's true. That's a true trope, so I'm for it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then also there's the the kind of this movie tiptoes in and i really appreciate the scene where dom and brian are having this talk about fatherhood and it's not like a long conversation and they don't like go back to it several times where like they're beating you over the head with it but there's this um conversation that they have that's a true heart to heart where brian's like hey what do you remember about your dad? And Dom is just like so excited about his dad. He's just like, I remember everything. I remember him being a hard worker. I remember the love that he had for me and Which, my sister. Which, by the way, all of that makes sense with Dom's character because it's a reflection of who he is as a, as a character. So I, I love that too. Absolutely. And then also like, like it shows two different sides of it. You hear Brian talking about how his relationship is with his father and his actual concerns about being a father. You know what I mean? Like he, he didn't just be like, Oh, I'm gonna be a dad. and This is great. He's like, no, yo, I'm, I'm nervous. And he talks to his best friend about it. He doesn't talk to um, Maya about it, which most movies, you know, like they have the, the guy talk to his girl and be like, I don't know if I'll be a good father or anything like this. Uh, in this particular movie, in this franchise, they actually do play up the male bonds, which I think in in this circumstance is really good because it encourages other guys to do so. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that's part of that, just the gang-like atmosphere that they've created, that just, like, there's a lot of brotherly love there. And, you know, we have that scene where they're racing the cop cars for a million dollars or whatever it is, and we see yeah. that, you know, Dom gives it to... Um, to the, uh, Paul Paul Walker's character, just as a like you know f to help you out as starting this new family. So I thought that was a cool scene too. 
Yeah, but also, like, you know, also, it's interesting to me because you keep using gang, but which I which I think could be, um, which is like an apt comparison. But what I'm saying is it's interesting to me because the movie never calls them a gang, nor does oh, it. No, no, no. Like they're they're considered just like any other heist movie, like Ocean's Eleven. That's not a gang. That's not considered a gang. They're they're considered. I guess I'm calling them a gang as a group of criminals. I think I'm using like that definition of it. But no, no, no I yeah, get that, yeah. and I agree with you. But what I'm saying is, I just thought about it, which is that this movie does not establish them as a gang. It establishes them as Anti-house. a crime family. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, which is which is really important because. So many other heist movies or genres, they have the exact same dynamics. They're all outliers. They're all criminals, technically. Um, and they're not given that that gang mentality or, or label. And I like that this movie doesn't do it either. Like, it does not call them a gang, which is really important considering that we are dealing with a majority-minority cast. Yep. And I just think that that is another... That's another um, point in the good, I guess. Yeah, totally. I mean, it definitely, they paint them to be these really uh, caring anti-heroes. Like, everything they're doing is against the law, but for whatever reason, as the audience, we're rooting for them regardless, and I think that just has to do with how well the movie is written. I mean, there's a lot of plot holes, don't get me wrong, we'll get there. Oh, we're getting there. But as far (laughs) as just, like, keeping, like, you know, the our understanding of what these characters' motivations are and, like, how sincere it is, I think they do a really good job executing that. Absolutely. So you're ready for the bad? Well, hold on, because we skipped the car-centric plot point, and I want to talk about that a bit. I skipped it because I didn't have anything good for it, but if you do, let me know. (laughs) I'll say this. I think that because I've seen where this franchise goes, I think they did a, a fantastic job of like weaving in elements from the past uh, few movies to you know what where they're trying to go internationally with this. So we do see that there is street racing in this movie, not as heavily highlighted as the previous films, but they do have street racing in it. As far as how that plays into the plot, technically, this plot of stealing this. <sighs> Stealing the, the safe. I have to say, technically, yeah. shows that it's not. I know, good. <laughs> but it's a, it's a it's a it's a heist they could not have done without their car racing abilities, and I think that's what I respect about this film. It's like we're not having them do something completely different. They're not jumping out of plane. Like they're in their cars the entire time, and so I I can respect that they're still keeping that part of the the franchise alive. Okay, I I will I will concede that their ability to drive cars is centric to this franchise and therefore they check that box that is what you will get from me <laughs> because they could they could not have stolen this heist any other way at least that's how we're I mean, what are you talking about? There is literally, first of all, like you said, this is what I'm talking about. The entire plot that we watch them do gets thrown out the window by the third act, and it's all improv. Yeah, because the entire, like, second act, they're searching for a car, 
And then they're just like, oh, we're just going to steal these cop cars. And it's just like, oh, so all of that whole thing that we just saw was irrelevant. Thanks for adding more minutes to this film. Well, so what's funny is, like, um, and that, like, do you mind if we go into the bad? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. And we can start with car-centric plot in the bad. And the reason why I bring that up is a good plot has a beginning, middle, and end. Yep. This movie has a different car-centric plot at the beginning, in the middle, and in the end. In they the keep beginning, cars throughout. It's a central part <laughs> of the story. <laughs> we're stealing one car. That car literally gets thrown into the water. And then in the middle, we're searching for the perfect car to beat out these cameras. That gets thrown out. And then in the end, we use cars, but they're completely different cars <laughs> to get the safe. I will say that is not unlike this franchise though the cars themselves change throughout most of the movies it's the drivers bro it's these people who have these street skills that they've perfected to a professional art shall we say um who are able to steal multiple cars in the film at one point they do a street racing scene they just skip over the entire street race. We just are led to assume that they are that good. We don't even need to see it anymore, bro. That's how no, we know. No, I want to see it. I want to like I like I thought I thought don't get me wrong. In 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 terms of comedy, it's a really funny bit to show all right, you want to bet the car? Yeah, I'll bet you the car. Next scene, he just rolls in with the car. Yep. You don't get to shit, you don't get anything. But then we then we get 10 minutes of well, actually, I take that back. Then we get Paul Walker driving that car. Hey, that car that we just won isn't good enough. So now we just see other cars and other characters driving different cars. And you're like, okay, why don't we just do that in the beginning? Why even have the scene where they go and challenge the guy if you're not going to show him racing? And then also, if that car isn't important enough to keep more than one round, why do that at all? Yeah, I kind of wish, like, I think this whole movie would have been better had they just leaped to the idea of using car uh, cop cars from the beginning. Like, it yes, just would have saved so much unneeded <laughs> fucking story, like, uh, of this whole thing. Like, the whole safe thing is complicated enough. We don't need this, the car thing to be complicated, too. Absolutely. And I feel like they did that, too um include the cars as we were just talking about but it's like how about you make it one really good car that we like the car from the beginning that's fine that failed no no big deal and then the cars that we use at the end show focus a little bit more on that or um even if you want to spend more time with the cop cars and drag racing and, and stuff like that that makes way more sense i guess you could argue and this is just me playing devil's advocate here because i did enjoy the fuck out of this movie <laughs> um i think you could argue that like the characters we learn more about them throughout that kind of those needless scenes of them planning this heist like the whole thing with like gal gadot being able to outrace the other guys how um han starts to fall for her like there's things like that that happen that i think we're gonna get into that because that is again like the, first of all as you said this movie is way too long the yeah. first 20 minutes i was completely confused by all of, like this like the car centric plot beginning middle and end this movie fails at completely because well, everything's I... all over the pace i feel like each like the beginning of this movie the middle of this movie and the end of this movie you could take out one segment and would make this movie incredibly better. Um, uh, can we just talk about the plot individually for a second? Um, <laughs> why are they doing this? 
<laughs> so that's another thing. So um, I, I'm going to break this up in the resolution. They start off with he has been sentenced to jail without hope for parole. Yep. Five seconds in, they break him out of jail. They, okay. They, I give them that. This movie wastes no time. <laughs> it wastes no time. It wastes no time with that. Yeah. Everything else, we're, we're just going to gloss over it. Then immediately we're on the run. Great. Now we're on the run. But after we're on the run for five minutes, hey, we have a job for you to do because you need to earn money. Great. Now we're earning money. Wait. Actually, Vin Diesel is here again. He's going to help with this job to raise money. By the way, Vin Diesel doesn't think you should be doing this job for money. Great. That job fails because the car gets thrown into the ocean. All right. So now this is where we took a turn. How about we do one last job and make and get more money than we actually needed in the beginning? And then once we do that, we'll be able to buy our freedom. Makes no sense because that's not how it well, works. Well, <laughs> I know that's not how like life works, but the the idea that Dom started in chains and was able to throughout the events of the movie earn enough money to buy his freedom, quote unquote. I don't know. I think it still wraps up nicely. We don't even see him use money as a tool to buy his freedom. No, that they skip over all of that. Yeah, yeah. We get more story of Ludacris using his money to buy freedom than (laughs) than Dom. That's what I'm saying. It's just like, we don't see him hire a lawyer. We don't see him bribe the rock. There's like nothing that that made the money an intricate part to his freedom. Because just later on, we know he had, we know he has money and that is it. Our knowledge of him having money is the only thing that makes the ending kind of tie to this movie. Also, Otherwise- is everyone just walking around with cash? Like, how are they doing this <laughs> logistically? Um, I, I just want to quickly go back to the train heist scene, because that's essentially where this plot comes from. You know, uh, Vince is like, hey, Paul Walker, Jordana Brewster, come do this heist with me on this train. We're going to steal these cars for this guy, and you're going to get money for it. Technically... Vince does not lie about that. What he does keep secret is that that one of the cars has a chip in its radio that is worth a lot of money because it holds, you know, the 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 stations for which this drug dealer or this guy is keeping yeah. all his his cash. So like, but like when the heist is going down, when they're stealing the cars from the train, the rock's like, "Yo, they want that car. There must be a reason. This is all shady. I don't feel comfortable with it." But at no point that they lie to Jordana Brewster or Paul Walker about what their role was going to be. They just said they just well, kept he, information that was more important to them. But why well, would they? Again, they were for hire. It comes from a place of, and again, like this is what I'm talking about with the plot. We as the audience have to know that Vin Diesel is upset because Maya is on the train and Maya is pregnant. Does you know Vin I mean? know he's she's pregnant? Oh yeah, she, he doesn't even know she's doesn't pregnant. Even know. But, like, Anyway, his family was on his family was on the his family was on the train, and because his sister was on that train, and he knew that the stakes were higher, or it was more of a dangerous job than it was led to believe. That's why he's mad with Vince. Yeah, I, I still I still just think that that whole part of it, like the whole thing where they're like, "Hey, we're gonna rob this guy of all his money," it just to me it was like, "Did this guy do anything to you?" This guy seems like he's providing for these favelas. Like, yeah, it's shady, but it's also like Brazil. All so like, his money. Yeah, they're by they're they are robbing Reyes of 
all his money. The money he Why? was also using to provide <laughs> goods for the people of Brazil. Like, they fucked over Rio with this heist. Yeah. This is my point. This is what I point. This is just like, he was like, one last job, we're going to rob every one of his locations. Why everyone? You just need money to get out. And you just said yourself, it's $100 million, which you are going to split 10 ways. Yeah. Why not just do one? You need a smaller crew, and you still get the exact same amount. And how is it $100 million when you set a good chunk of it on fire? (laughs) Yeah, that money that you just set on fire, you could have taken that. You could have robbed it and had the same results of him being like, oh, shit, we got to hide our money. No, he just, just steal it. That's what the whole thing is. Why are you pretending to be fucking Robin Hood? (laughs) It's ridiculous. Yeah, well, it's not Robin Hood because Robin Hood would give it to those in need. Like the guy they stole the money from. (laughs) (laughs) Who they later get killed. Who, by the way, he most likely was just in this life of crime because it was like the best option because of the government and everything. So he literally got someone killed for doing his job properly i will say that he has this um whole uh the the bad guy forgive me i forget his name um reyes reyes i i I did want to add this into the good i loved his monologue he had about why the people of brazil um speak portuguese about how like the portuguese came in and they gave trinkets and they gave toys and like that's how like the brazilian people were won over by them and that's the mindset that he uses when he tries to control he doesn't do it with violence because eventually people will rise up they'll have nothing to lose but if you give them something to lose like I thought all of that was great character building for him. Um, I, yeah. I I know we're in the bad at this point, but I just I remember that. And oh, I just no, no. remember well, thinking that was I really think cool. What's crazy is they also throw that out immediately. Oh. You get glimpses of him being the bad guy, but again, for this movie to be as long as it is, we see him for like maybe ten minutes total of and- the. 130 minute time. Well, and what I will say, and maybe this will go in the bad, is because although I like the monologue, I all it does is make us as the audience understand how important he is to the central government of Rio. Like, yeah. and that's the question that I keep asking of what's happening to the city? What's happening to all these cops that are getting paid money to keep money in their station? What's happening at, at the end of all of this? So that's, like, they leave this country in ruins. They've destroyed everything they killed (laughs) countless civilians i'm sure um so it's like what like i I, it makes me care less about these characters to know that they're just basically pieces of shit that stole from a third world country or whatever so which is leads us to the bad and the bad characters like the thing that i have the biggest issue with is first of all the axe body spray version of masculinity that is this franchise you can smell the axe through the screen bro (laughs) you can it's first of all the rock is such a dick in this movie he's for no reason and he's dripping with baby oil every chance he gets (laughs) every single second he start he starts off being a dick Mm-hmm. For no reason. I mean, like, it's not like like people were giving him a hard time or that he's like this no nonsense military dude. He's just a dick. The, yep. Like the guy gets off and is like, hey, how can I help you? You can help me by not talking to me. And get hey, the fuck out of my way. Hey, um, get me a translator. Cool. We have plenty of qualified translator. No, I want this hot chick because she has nothing to lose and she can't be corrupted. Although, by the way, immediately corrupted. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, like, he chose her because she just couldn't turn on the law. Guess what The Rock does in the third act? And I'm assuming she goes along with this. She ends up fucking. Well, no, no, no. Remember, she, like, she is persuaded by Dom 
halfway through the movie in general. I was like, your one thing was that you could not be swayed. And because you were fighting for your husband, by the end of the movie, you're fucking someone else. (laughs) And here's the thing. That's completely allowed if that's what you want to do. And there was any kind of like reasoning given. And I actually saw you pursue Vin Diesel. But you don't do that. That is not like he breaks into your home. (laughs) (laughs) He breaks into her home. (laughs) Also, I want to say that he should be given negative points for his chin beard alone. That is a disgusting chin beard, even for The Rock. I I don't know. I think The Rock looks pretty badass with the beard, but that, no, he doesn't. to he me looks- that that also goes to his fact that I think The Rock is too much of a like. Like he, because he's so much of a wrestler, like this large in life thing. I think he loses sex appeal the bigger he gets. I mean, like here's the thing. I think I think you're gonna have a hard time talking to a gay man. Yeah. Saying okay. That muscles all right. Aren't- all right. Maybe maybe <laughs> maybe I'm wrong, but I I at a certain point I think he becomes more of a leader, president, like almost presidential in a way of just like I'm the leader. I'm the, I'm the, the strongest in charge, but in this very like asexual way. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But as far as hot and defiant characters, that's one of the things that I think of when I'm watching this of just like The Rock, for whatever reason, doesn't seem like he cares about women or men or anyone in any romantic way. All he cares about is the law until he does it. Yeah, and that's the point. It's just like, it's until he doesn't. And we'll get to that in the conflict. And then also like, so we talked about The Rock's um, whole version of masculinity, but then also like Tyrese and Ludacris, like, like Tyrese more so than anything else, is just such a sexist character. And my whole thing is, like, it's not to say that these men can't be sexually successful. It's not to say that they can't be ladies' men. I think that's fine. It's the way that they are and the way that it's supposed to be both funny and, like, rewarded, I mean, is, it's very distasteful. If we're talking about Ludacris and Tyrese, I have thoughts. And my thoughts are simply that these characters are not funny. I think that they're <laughs> they charming, but I think that the one-liners that they tend to say to one another are not objectively funny in any way. I don't think they have any, like, creative, like, zingy, witty things that they say. You just say just things like, huh, that's how you drive a car? Like, is this the, the the best we can do with the script? Like, guys, give me some jokes. What's yeah, well, happening? I think, I think the sense of humor is supposed to be them ragging on each other. It's, again, it's that familial... It's overdone. It's overdone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying that that's their sense of humor. But also, I think you could say that for a lot of Black comedians. Like, it's not that they're funny. It's the way that they deliver their lines. You know what I mean? It, it really like, was... You're going to tell me that Chris Tucker's can you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth is funny for anything. By the way, it's kind of racist, but it's only funny because (laughs) the way that he says it. So I'm willing to give Tyrese and Ludacris a pass because they're supposed to be funny in the sense that they are difficult and they... You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I I don't know. I But I agree with you. Like, for them to be funny characters, they also don't say that much that's funny. I, I don't. I didn't find them funny at all. I have a question about the amount of strength these characters have and what they should have. At one point, 
they're <laughs> being tortured by Reyes' crew when they first get captured after the whole car jump. We have to, we have to go back to that car jump off the cliff thing. But, um, <laughs> they're like the Rock is handcuffed to, <laughs> with with metal handcuffs. He Man, waits for Reyes to leave, and he simply just tries to pull his arms apart, and he breaks it. What? Yeah. What? Yeah, absolutely. So I will say, like, the only reason why I didn't bring that up is because it is a trope, again, in this franchise that they have indestructible bodies. We've seen them be thrown from a car, as you said, over a cliff, Hitting water. By the way, there was a high chance that car was just going to fall on top of them. They did not like, like, like. I have was... so much to say about that jump. I have. I, <laughs> that's when I saw that in the trailer. I was like, I fuck. I gotta see this movie. I gotta. <laughs> but see, that's my point. It's just like I don't. I don't really get on them because for an action film, like like disbelief in physics is part of it like they threw a truck at a train and they do that like every one of these movies so physics is not what i'm measuring you on what i am measuring you on is as you just said the vin diesel is hanging in this torture spot literally just yanks his arms apart and all of a sudden they're free. During, like that yep. in itself. Also, they are in a car crash that literally tumbles and everyone is okay. Everyone's like that's fine. their whole thing. The train race happens. Paul Walker drives a metal tow truck into a freight train and is just like, huh, I gotta get out of here. It explodes <laughs> and he's just like, oops, a daisy. The, <laughs> the train keeps going. It does not stop once it is struck. What is? They drive off this cliff. By the way, there's a. There, I was just. I'm rewatching Stranger Things because you know I'm trying to yeah. watch season three, and there's this. They're like, oh, did he jump in that quarry lake? And it was you know a few like maybe 20, 30 feet up. They were like, oh no, if he were to jump in there, his body like it would turn into to cement. His body would be crushed. I saw The Rock and uh, Paul Walker. I mean, Vin Diesel and Paul Walker. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Vin Diesel and Paul Walker. I saw them leap off of a mountain. I can't even call it a cliff. (laughs) It is a mountain. Midway through the jump, they're like, hey, let's jump off the car. No. Um, (laughs) We literally see Paul Walker get to the back. Yeah. As as if he's like, oh, I'm just going to like, you know, do a little splish splash off of this car. But if they were going to do that, they did not wait for the car to get down low. No, they did it mid jump. And so they had all that time to just free fall, (laughs) hope the car does not land on them. They just jump in the ocean, like they land in the lake or whatever it is. And they just come up like, crazy, right? No! Yeah, no. They, not, they don't even talk about it. They don't even have like a moment of just like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Or adrenaline, whatever. They're just like, <laughs> yeah, you just I had to do it. What really, what really, like, again, in the very beginning of this movie, they knock over or like they destroy the bus that Vin Diesel was on and everyone survives. Everyone. Every single person. All of them. And it's I was like, almost you in really a way. Me, like, Three deaths. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's honestly. almost like it's their like save the cat thing. It's like they don't 
kill people. They do these extremely violent, dangerous stunts, but miraculously, no one dies is what I think we're led to believe. But the sheer physics of a safe going through downtown (laughs) Rio? No. People are for sure dead. That wouldn't have been dead Also, I want to say that death in itself is not only the bad thing that could happen. You're telling me that no one is paralyzed from that bus crash? Oh, (laughs) for life. This is their 9-11. Guys, this is not a fun ride for the people of Rio. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, um, a couple of other things I wanted to hit on the bad with the characters. Um... We already talked about it being a little bit sexist. Um, There is a complete plot point where the entire point is that Gal Gadot gets groped. That is how they solve a problem, for her to be sexually assaulted. Yo, you don't (laughs) send a man to do a woman's job. And that's that's basically what we saw. That a woman's job is to get her ass slapped. Yeah, absolutely. What else? Are, what else? Do we keep women in the gang for, you know. Um, and then also speaking of women, the two female characters that that are in the squad, the ones that are part of the heist, they do not talk to each other. Nope. The entire movie, with the exception of one scene, and then that scene is when Maya tells them that she's pregnant, and the the dialogue that they have is, "Congratulations." Thank you. That is it. <laughs> they, they talk so little that I wondered, I was like, is there beef there? Did I miss something from part four that I'm supposed to remember for why they don't like each other? Because that's what they I'm getting. They don't talk at all. They're like, what I will say, they are in close proximity. All like the majority of the movie don't talk to each other. There's even a scene where, as you said, I would love this. Like, I would love there to be like even a rivalry because there's a scene where Gal Gadot gets in the front seat. Maya is driving she looks at her and don't, and then turns around and starts talking to Paul Walker. Yeah, like, like <laughs> she's like, it's, it, it's, I acknowledge you that that you're here. I can see you. Okay, now I'm going to talk to someone else about what just happened. It's like someone pulled him aside and they were like, "Hey, don't talk to the other woman." <laughs> it, it really <laughs> is like it's a, it's a, it's noticeable, um, and it really would have helped make Jordana Brewster's character relevant in any way. She serves no purpose other than to prepare Paul Walker for fatherhood. That's her only role Absolutely. in this movie. Absolutely. And even the the uh, female police officer, again, they set her up as we brought her in because she's the best. She's supposed to be the know-it-all. From that scene on where she's talking to The Rock, every line she says after that is so basic. It's so generic. They give her no real dialogue unless she's trying to get on with Vin Diesel. I think that her character is a fucking mess, and let me tell you why. Um, Because what they've portrayed is this woman who only was motivated to become a cop because of her husband. She was motivated to leave the law because of another man, and she ends (laughs) up just going with whatever men tell her is the best thing for her to do. She has no independent voice of any kind, so I don't like her character, and I don't think she adds anything significant to the film (laughs) other than to provide Vin Diesel with the baby. Exactly. That's all women do. (laughs) That's all women. Women are there to be hot, get groped, and to be told what to do by men, occasionally having babies. 
Um, as long as I don't know where to put this, so there's a scene where Paul Walker um finds the the chip that they're looking for inside the yeah. radio, and he's looking around on the computer, and the chip is connected, and it's all in Portuguese, and he's looking at like this like same delivery like week, like he's able to like <laughs> see this whole menu that's entirely in Portuguese. He's like, oh yeah, they're delivering here, they're delivering there, and I'm like, hold on a second, Paul Walker doesn't speak a lick of Portuguese in this, but he can read it. I don't think. so. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's very easy to just like have a line where he's like, "Yo, I can't speak Portuguese, but I, I took a class, or they they train you to like read it or something like like I took Latin and the root words." Or you know? like, like hey, we came to Brazil because Paul speaks Portuguese. That's it. Like. <laughs> <laughs> there's also a scene where Ludacris um, goes to the police office uh, police station to pass as a cop who has a uh, case that he needs evidence <laughs> stored for um, in what world would an American black cop need to have jurisdiction in Brazil to be able to be pursuing a case nonetheless have evidence for a case he needs stored come on so what I thought you were going to bring up in that scene is when the guy goes it says Caucasian and Tyrese replies oh this is a tan and I was like, <laughs> this is stupid. Yep. Uh, okay. And then the last part for my, my bad is, of course, as we were talking about earlier, the resolution, which is to say that this movie, not only, like, again, it's supposed to be like to solve the original problem. Not only do we not solve the original problem, which are, are we do, but we aren't shown how we got there, i.e. Vin Diesel was just sentenced to life, escaped, is on the run, and now because he has 11 million, oh, sorry, $10 million, he is now a free man. Makes no sense. And we don't even, like, they don't even tell us where he is, but no matter where he is, the rest of his gang is out and about living their lives freely. Yeah, and also the fact that this whole movie is centered around this plot of like, hey, we need someone who's a good fast talker. We need someone who's a good, like, this man and that man. And it's like... At what point did we establish that Ludacris knows computers? It's never... I I mean, I remember Ludacris from the previous movie, but he was just a driver. He wasn't anyone who had, like, this engineering degree. He had a life before. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) That whole thing is so dumb. How did you get a safe, an identical safe, to the one we're trying to steal, delivered, constructed... Oh, I had a life before this. Then why are you doing this, bro? If you can <laughs> afford to arrange all of this for overnight delivery, you don't need to be here. I don't trust you. I will say, like, they do that, like, what they do very often is they will make references to a conversation that that character was not there for. So, oh, for example, <laughs> yeah, like, they, they do that very often in this movie. Like, when um, Paul, no, 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 sorry, when Ludacris says, I had a life before you met me, the only people he's talking to is Tyrese and Paul Walker. Later on, um, what's his name? Soon, soon, saying, Kong, oh, sorry, I'm so Kong? sorry. Yeah, Kong, his character, he comes back and he's the one who's like, we had a life before you met us. You were not there during that conversation. That makes no sense. Same thing goes with when, um, I think it's Maya says something. Oh, no, no, sorry, 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 sorry. Um, when Ludacris says something about uh, Gal Gadot being groped and he uses like some phrase later on, again, he says it to Gal Gadot. I think Maya says it. 
about the baby, like during her baby bump. And I was like, again, you guys weren't there. Like, I, I, I would believe that you guys told stories before, but we only know this as the audience. And we know what was said, but we also know who was there. Also, you you guys don't tell each other important things. Hey, I survived jumping off of a mountain. I'm a superhero. That doesn't get discussed. So I doubt these little one-liner comedic bits are getting recycled in the conversation. Um, And then, like, so there's that. And then with The Rock, as I said, it's always... It's always a thing that the who was once an enemy is now a friend. But he not only does he turn, he is the first person when everyone else is like, we shan't, we can't do this job. There's no room. The Rock is the first person to be like, I'll join your new plan. Again, previously, you were the head of the force looking for him. All his friends aren't in on this plan, and they know him, and they know his capabilities. Not only that, the the reason why the turn for The Rock is so, like, questionable is because we're introduced to him as this no-nonsense, I don't care, your name ended up on my desk, this is my job, it's the law, whatever, we're doing this. I Give me the interpreter I know won't be corrupted, because I am so committed to being on the right side of the law <laughs> until I just decide midway through yeah fuck this guy let's kill him like let's <laughs> hey i'm gonna give you a head start to run away why why i'll see you soon no you won't okay i mean like i feel like you should just take him right there for a minute and then when the rock realizes that he stole all the money he laughs no dude like like the one reason why you let him go away get you away is because at you knew you knew that you had the money and he was getting away with nothing and if anything the rock is the one who will be held accountable for the chaos that was caused in rio for the uh, the casualties of (laughs) of the safe heist he will be the one that's held responsible for it absolutely okay and then um one other little thing this is this is literally me being petty but this is how I, and I feel very strongly about this point. They give Vince's kid a share of this heist money, even though Vince himself showed up last minute and he was did not included. Nothing. He was not included. <laughs> Where did this money come from? Did they divide it by eleven? Wait, how far is this money yeah, going? So, like, guys? like what it's like made to look like because they talk about ten million later. I think it's like everyone gave up one. Of their uh, yeah, own percentages, yeah. and then it went to, you know, like that's like that's how like they kind of allude to it at the end. And I'm like, a, we don't know this kid. Like the only one who was family with him was Dom. So if Dom wanted to give and a, yeah, Dom and me, he, these other characters <laughs> have never met Vince. Why do they give a fuck about it's like giving money to his kid? That yeah, that's what made me think that Dom died. was the one who did it. It's because he died, and even then, it's like he showed up. Last minute, that kid gets like 10k. Not to mention, you know, he was the reason why you guys were in this whole mess to begin with. Absolutely. On top of which, it is 10. Like I say, the 10k is good in real. You're gonna tell me his mom is gonna know how to launder that money 
Because, no. by the way, she can't just go out and deposit it. She <laughs> like, can't put it in a bank. Cash. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they have unintentionally put a death sentence on this woman <laughs> who lives in the fair villa, who has no way of storing this money properly. As soon as people see her spending that kind of cash, she's donezo. The kid, dead. What are we doing here, guys? Let's think Absolutely. things through. Get her out of Rio. Maybe do that for her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Get her out of Rio. How about we start there? Yeah. Like, hey, by the way, Here's two plane tickets. Yep. Two plane tickets back to the States. When you get to the States, use this debit card and we will make sure that you have money. Don't just hand her a block of cash and then be like, good luck. See you soon. Yeah. It, it just it it's it's just frivolous. They're very frivolous with their money and how they're using it. Um can we just quickly talk about um now that we're on the resolution? Because like the whole thing is, hey, we have to steal the safe. How are we going to steal the safe? Oh, Dodge Chargers should do the trick. <laughs> yes, I saw that. I was like, so two Dodge tar- Chargers. Can Not you- even two. At one point, just one. Just one Dodge Charger. No. <laughs> I assumed you needed two to loosen it, and you just need one to really yank it. <laughs> At one point, The Rock is like, oh, I'm going to use the inertia of this safe to slingshot it around and hit these cop cars because, you know, fuck the police, am I right? Like, <laughs> and he is perfectly executing this slingshot maneuver without his own car rolling over or getting caught up by the weight. None of that is happening. Again, I don't, I don't really, I, I, the kung, kung, sorry, they call it car fu. Car fu or car kung fu is a part of this genre. So I don't really trap it for that. But I will say that when your entire plot relies on a Dodge Charger to get a safe that is that huge, it, it that later on takes an entire garbage truck to pull. It just doesn't make sense. Because even if you're assuming like, oh, like this is the safe that's empty, so it would weigh less. The, the Ludacris at the beginning is telling, like when we're first introduced to the safe because Ludacris knows about safe because of some previous life bullshit. Um, he's saying that like, guys, this is inches of pure steel. Like there's no way for <laughs> us to get in it. That's why we're stealing the whole thing because it's impossible to penetrate. But if it's impossible to penetrate, it's impossible to move. And so we just really <laughs> need to get like some logic questions figured out with that are you ready to move into the makeover uh yeah yeah sure <laughs> okay so with the makeover um personally the, just my, my rundown is i think that if we could focus on kind of the male bonds a little bit more i really liked the scenes with vince and with um paul walker and vin diesel like those moments like like i like i like that this this genre has it it kind of teaches men that it's okay to be close there's even one scene to your point where they're like all drinking beers and they're just like oh this is what i'm gonna do with my money and this is what i'm gonna do with my money at least it gives them something like that's when we learn like oh ludicrous wants to set up a garage and we see him fulfill that dream to fruition no one else's dream is really brought to fruition but ludicrous's well (laughs) um Going back to like terrible character development, um, the Asian dude gets Gal Gadot. That that's his one dream, yeah. and it's fulfilled because she didn't have any ambitions of her own. Yeah. And as long as she gets to be with him, I guess she everything's just got fine. enough money to set up shop. Like this was the last job, and the first thing she's <laughs> like is like, "Where do you want to go? I have no ambitions or dreams or goals of my own. What do you want to do? Do you want to go to Japan? Oh, not yet. All right, cool. Like it's just like I think another part of like the makeover that I would do is you could take away like half of these men combine 
all of their character plots into two women and then give the women something to do. And it's not like, it's not even like female service. It's just that you literally have them there. You've established that they are important. Then give them something to do. Sure. And it's one of those things too, where it's like, not only give them something to do, just like make them more badass. Like, like the fact that Gal Gadot's character is so badass tells me that they could have done that with, you know, they've done it before with Liddy's character and Jordana Brewster, I think has always been kind of pointless, but um, you know, they could have just done more with her as far as like maybe having her be involved with this planning of it. Like maybe she's uh, contributing intellectually to this plan being like, Hey guys, this won't work. This will work. She never says anything to, to, to what's going on. She's just like in the background. She's yeah, furniture she's in the background. And that's my whole thing. It's just like, if a, you have them there, use them. B, you have too many characters. A lot of these plots could be reduced down and give the women something to do. Um, additionally, I feel like this movie, this this franchise is due for a queer character. Um, and I say that because it would normalize or break the stereotype of, of a gay character. And to have a gay character just like like there's no reason that Ben Diesel who we very rarely see actually penetrate a woman outside of Michelle Rodriguez mm-hmm. can't be openly bisexual or there's not a reason that you know later on we find out Vince had like a a gay relationship or um one of these two brothers like it's just like I feel like we could have a queer character and that just be part of it and it's just normalized I think if Ludacris's character was gay like him and Tyrese going back and forth I think could have been interesting like absolutely uh, there's no reason why like Ludacris isn't like we haven't seen him have a romantic relationship yet like why not and again remember like at the end it's like um Tyree shows up with new car and new girl. Yeah. And then later on, Ludacris shows up with new same car and two girls. And it's like, haha. And it's just like, I just the only reason why I want it, and I feel like there's lots of people who feel differently, but I think that having a queer character in this kind of franchise would open this fan base's eyes that you can be outside of like like there are gay guys who are just as interested in cars, just as interested in crime. You know, like, like, like and, it's- and to your point, most of the action stars of the 40s and 50s were low-key gay anyway, a.k.a. Rock <laughs> Hudson. So, like, it's one of those things where, like, it's actually a thing that, like, yeah, there are badass guys who do action sequences that you already love that are gay. So why not bring that into a franchise with this kind of fan base? Not only that, but, like, also, it would kind of, like... Like, there is so much, again, homoeroticism in this franchise that if you had a gay character, at least you, again, you could have that same tension there and, like, have the gay character comment on it. Or, like, like, it's, like, it's there, it's palpable. He doesn't, it doesn't have to be sexual to include a a queer character. Um, And... Also, like, give some backstory to Hobbs to I where... I will say that Hobbs does develop more in the sequels, and obviously he has a franchise uh, of his own that he's starting. So I think we'll get more development, uh, but you're right. For this movie alone, it's just like, hey, I'm just a legal guy. That's what I'm about. I'm, well, I'm a legal guy. I give that up immediately. I'm a dick for no real reason. 
I have a chin strap because I'm awesome. Like that is that is his entire character. And it's interesting because later on we learn that he's like a dad who like teaches his daughter's soccer team. Like he's like this yeah. real homely guy. And it's one of those things where it's like, I would have never pictured that for this character who was just like, I'm gonna give up on the law to murder this guy who killed my friends. It's like, wait, you you coach soccer? What's going on here? Oh, uh, do you have anything else you have for the makeover? Yeah, for the makeover, one of the things I would do is like I said, I would completely eliminate the whole we need to find a car in the second act i would just have them go straight to the cop cars i would have potentially uh maybe made uh reyes the villain maybe made that a female character i think that would have been interesting um i love what charlie theron brought uh as a female villain to the the later sequel um so i think that would have been um just uh, again just something where we can infuse women into this where like oh gal gadot's ass getting slapped can't be a plot point now we might actually have to think (laughs) about something um i would have could have used a punch up of humor it wouldn't have killed anyone to hire a few comedians just to just do a quick comedic punch up um i feel like that would have helped with just liking these characters more because there's a lot of times i'm rolling my eyes at what tyrese and Ludacris specifically are saying um and overall i i enjoyed this movie i'm gonna say this like i was entertained from start to finish i think this movie is for the most part uh the better of all the Fast and Furious movies. Um, But as we've discussed, there's a lot that could be altered. Um, One central thing that I think I would really like to see um, if they were ever, like if we could remake this movie is that, um, you know, we see a lot of, you know, oh, we're stealing from this guy who's, you know, giving to these Brazilians. I would have liked it if it was, hey, we're stealing from this person who is hurting Brazil, and yes, we are stealing from him, but there's going to be some Robin Hood moment where we give back to the city before we go. We pay homage. We don't just leave it in shambles. I think that would have made it seem like, oh, they're not pieces of shit that just, like, ruined this country they don't care about and left. So, Absolutely. that's, like, that's like, kind of my think- thing. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I, uh, I I, told you I wanted to also introduce this this uh, new segment called Ponytail and Glasses. And I think, like, with any good makeover, the two things holding the hot person are, are from their the nerd, full potential. Yeah, from becoming hot. Yeah, yeah. Is, is the ponytail and glasses. So there's two things holding this movie back from greatness. And I want to know what yours are. For me, the two things are... The length of this movie, as you said, I feel like it's just way too long. No matter what we did, if you were to edit this movie down, I feel like it, it the score would immediately jump up. Yeah. Um, and then also, as I said earlier, just t- too many male characters when you have two female characters with nothing to do. Those are the two things that I think ultimately hold... I, I am fine with this movie in every other way if we change those two things. Honestly, I can't disagree with you because really all of my problems like essentially come down to those two things as well. Um, but I again, I will say... I was entertained as fuck throughout this entire film. So I can't, I can't say too much bad about it because yes, it doesn't make sense, but I'm also fine with it. <laughs> you ready to do the outro? Yeah. All right. So that, that has been our latest episode. Thank you guys so much for joining us for movie makeover. Um, we really appreciate you uh, rating us, commenting, reaching out. We, we always enjoy you guys. 
Um, let us know your feedback at movie underscore makeover on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, you can reach me on Twitter at Extra Siege. That's X-E-R-A-C-E-E-J-T-C. Uh, you can find me at Instagram at a braver me at dot braver dot me. And if you guys have any thoughts about how you would improve this series, this franchise, um, if you guys have thoughts on future movies you would like us to to analyze, you guys can send us an email at moviemakeoverpod at gmail.com or you can hit us up at our social media that Siege mentioned earlier. Okay, so uh, as always, I'm Siege. And I'm TC. Makeover and out. You know I like my dessert first. Give me the vegetables. <laughs> this this movie, really. <laughs> That's hard. That line really made me laugh. You know I like my dessert first. I was like, this is stupid. And I will say when I was watching this movie, I was like, I wonder what line Siege is going to pull because there's so many ridiculous ones. But, oh, absolutely. But yeah. here's the thing. I had a few, but um, when I heard that one and then later on, he goes, give me the vegetables. I was like, this is this is it. I found my... I found my... <laughs> <laughs> later. Peace.